Drama on One. Sundays at 8pm. rta.ie forward slash drama on one. Drama on One. And it's time again for our weekly Drama on One and another curious curtain raiser from our season of long story shorts in this spellbound summer. The might have been of a human life is much more real to us than its routine dailiness. In a Brooklyn brownstone room, an elderly Irish man, more emigrant than expat, dwells on a freeze-frame moment from half a hundred years before. The Americans are shooting Moby Dick on the harbour front in Waterford in the Marion year, and a teenage 30-bob film extra is about to fall for another. It's not as vast a venture as Captain Ahab's Odyssey. Even so, the boy from the Borstal and a girl called Clara dream of the big time, if not the big screen, and a new life in the new world. But there's only a hairline fracture on the lens between once upon a time and then one day. Brennan Conroy is Bernie Rivers in Jim Nolan's poignant one-person flashback, Moby Dick. got a story for you. A swell story. It's even got a happy ending, so listen up and I'll give it to you. This story starts with me, Bernard. Bernie Rivers. Born in Nakanore Village, County Waterford, September 4, 1937. Providence unknown. Apparently even to his mom. Word has it, there were two more baby rivers before I came along, and thirteen months after me, there was my little sister Kitty. Father unknown on all our birth certificates, which was fine by Kitty and me, until the day the cruelty man came calling and told us to put on our coats. We were going for a drive. Can I bring my parasol? Kitty asked. You can said the cruelty man. Then the motor car to Lismore Station, a nun dragging Kitty from the back seat, Kitty clinging to the parasol with one hand, fingers of the other clawing at the window as the train leaves the station. In the motor car, the cruelty man singing the lonely woods of Upton on the road to what turned out to be Upton. St. Patrick's Industrial School and Bernie Rivers' place of rest for the next decade. We're going to whistle past the graveyard of the things that happened there. You got to talk up for yourself in this world. I know that. But what if you're just not able? What if the image of your five-year-old sister at the window of a train is etched on your eyelid? Fast forward ten years to the summer of 1954, Cove Harbor, a Sunday afternoon, and 17-year-old Bernie Rivers is standing on the steerage deck of the ocean liner Avalon. In six days, the boat will make landfall in New York City. Then the room in Hell's Kitchen, the night porter's job in a cheap bordello on 6th Avenue. Bernie doesn't sleep too well. Daytimes, he takes to walking the city. He loves how big it is, how small he can be, so small he can disappear. Bernie likes it that way. 
Night poetry isn't crazy about. No disrespect to the ladies, but self-improvement is where's at in this city. So on a freezing morning in January 1960, Bernie Rivers kicks off his first shift as a laborer at the Brooklyn Edison's Waterside Generating Station on First Avenue. A year later, he'll be elevated to apprentice furnace man. And 15 years from that, on his 40th birthday, furnace supervisor, bringing electric light to the finest city in the world. Eat your heart out, cruelty man. Eat your heart out, Mom. I wrote to her once. Heard she was about to cross the Great Divide and had a question. You ever hear from Kitty, Mom? She writes by return. Fine copper-plate hand for a dying woman. Did nobody tell you, Bernie? Kitty passed on a long time ago in that home they sent her to. What is it, this life? A valley of tears? But you enjoy the ride as best you can, and that's what I did. Routine was my best friend. For forty years we never fell out. Rise and shine at six, hit the floor seven-thirty, six p.m. sign out seven-thirty, turn the key to my apartment, prayers and bed. Six days a week for forty years, until one day it's time to stop. You're sixty-five. You make a new routine. The new arrangement works like the old one. At least it did until the evening of my 70th birthday. Another Sunday, as it happens, which means a walk on the Coney Island promenade and back for mass at Our Lady of Peace on Carroll Street. A Sunday like any other. Until I'm strolling home in the evening sun and noticed the billboard outside the Curzon Cinema on Prospect Avenue. American classic season, one night only, Moby Dick. Summer of 54, a few weeks before he stands on the deck of the Avalon, Bernie finally gets his exit papers from the lonely woods of Upton. The good fathers drive him to Cork Railway Station, where just when he needs it most, Bernie Rivers gets lucky. In the station concourse, he sees a poster. Moby Dick, extras wanted for major motion picture. Thirty shillings a day. Apply now. Town Hall. Y'all. Without further ado, he catches the next train down the coast of Y'all, where at sunrise the following morning he leaves the world he knows behind him and becomes a citizen of 19th century New Bedford, Massachusetts. A passerby on the street, a crewman loading rum casks on the dockside, a sailor mounting the rigging of the Pequod. There's nothing on earth Bernie has ever loved more than becoming someone else. Until the day he meets Clara Campion. You'll remember the scene in the Whaleman's Chapel. But what Bernie remembers is the shot before it, where you see the fishermen, their wives and girlfriends, approaching the chapel, where Bernie is chosen as one of the whaling men, and the extras director calls for a volunteer to play his sweetheart, where a beautiful girl steps away from her giggling friends to say, she will.
and how, when the director shouts action, Bernie's breath stifles. The girl puts her arm in his, and they walk towards the whaleman's chapel. The whaling man and his beautiful sweetheart, arms entwined, approaching but never reaching that chapel door. The director calls it a day. The girl lets her arm linger in Bernie's a moment longer than she needs to and says, My name is Clara. I hope we'll meet again. They do. And in the dreamland days and weeks that follow, Bernie learns for the first time a capacity for joy no one has ever told him about. Bernie Rivers is in love, and not just with Clara Campion. Telegraph poles rigged with crossbars and canvas to become the mastheads of sailing ships. The doorway of Starbucks Chandler's you walk through to find nothing but air on the other side. Giant fans blowing water from hose pipes to make a rainstorm. Arc lights, gantries, cameras, actors. That grand, magnificent illusion. Ernie Rivers falls in love with all of that. By the time the conjurers pack up and move on to the next location, Bernie has to move too. But he isn't going anywhere without her. I want to work in motion pictures, Clara. They say you must go to Hollywood, which is a town in America. Will you come with me? And because Clara loves Bernie as much as he loves her, and because maybe Clara is a dreamer too, she says, I will. Life turns on a sixpence. That Sunday morning, summer 1954, I'm waiting for Clara at Yall Station. When she shows, we'll take the train to Cove, and in the afternoon we'll board the Avalon for New York City and sail into our future. But it's Clara's father who turns up. He's made inquiries and has more in mind for his daughter than a sorry future with the bastard graduate of an industrial school. I'd like to tell you, I look him in the eye and say, maybe we'll let Clara decide her future. But I don't. And standing on the sidewalk outside the Curzon Cinema in Brooklyn more than half a century later, what I'm remembering is how... When her father said those words, the kid he was talking to figured he was right. Motion pictures are only that, an illusion. In the real world, there's no escaping who you are. Moby Dick came out two years after I got to New York. I was curious, but if you're off the booze, you gotta stay out of the bar. It's a movie doesn't turn up on the tube much anymore, but whenever it did, I'd find a chore needed doing. So how come, when I saw that billboard outside the Curzon, I pulled a ten-dollar bill from my wallet and walked into the dark? On my seventieth birthday, I figured it was time. And there she was, third pedestrian in the background, when Elijah prophesied to Ishmael.
passerby in the storm, outside spouters in. A close-up on the dock, the crowd seen as the Pequod leaves the harbor. And there we are, Clara and Bernie, fisherman and sweetheart, on the street outside the whaleman's chapel. Only this time, in this movie, each carrying a cheap cardboard suitcase, in this movie, finally reaching the chapel and walking arm in arm through a door that leads to the platform in Yall Station, where the train that's pulling in slows just enough for the carriage doors to swing open, for Clara and Bernie to get on, and for Bernie's sister Kitty to be waiting there in the place he'd left her, and still clinging to that parasol. The train pulls out, Clara blowing kisses to her father on the platform, her father waving a handkerchief and calling farewell to his daughter and her beau, cut to the deck of the Avalon, Bernie and Clara and Kitty too, at the forward rail, about to catch sight of New York City, as Kitty opens her parasol, raises it aloft and begins to fly. I must have dozed off in the cinema. <laughs> what the hell? I promised you a happy ending, and there it is. It was dark outside the Prospect Avenue, between the street lights and the stars and the blood-red moon over Brooklyn. I was sure for a moment I saw her soaring across the night sky, a little girl and a parasol. Further on, I'm waiting for the lights to change at the pedestrian crossing on Seeley Street. On the other side, a young woman carrying a cardboard suitcase looks very like someone. The lights change, and the woman smiles as we pass. I'm tempted to follow her, but I don't. I let her go. I let Kitty go, too. That way, I can have them back. Like they say, <laughs> you wouldn't see it in the movies. You've been listening to Moby Dick, a monologue on memory and so a dialogue between past and present by Jim Nolan. Brendan Conroy played Bernie Rivers. The producer was Aidan Matthews. rta.ie forward slash drama on one.